I'm Samuel Forsyth, and you're listening to Trail Voices. Devil on the Divide is a 22-kilometer and 50-kilometer trail race in the Colorado Rocky Mountains. It begins at the Henderson Mine. Nestled below 13,000-foot peaks near Big Bend on Berthoud Pass, the Henderson Mine is North America's largest producer of molybdenum. From the mine, runners make their way up Jones Pass and onto the Continental Divide Trail. They'll run along an alpine ridge, topping out around 13,200 feet before making their way down to the majestic setting of Herman Lake. They'll continue with the fast ascent to I-70, where the 22-kilometer race finishes. At that point, 50-kilometer runners head up Watchers Gulch and make their way to the Bard Creek Trail, which in places isn't much of a trail at all. There are swaths of undefined tundra before reaching a 4x4 road that leads to the finish line in the small mountain town of Empire, population roughly 300. The race takes place in September, and the week before the 2019 race, I had a fortuitous encounter with one of the runners, Jackson Brill. Jackson is a boulder trail runner and physiology student working in a research lab studying subjects like steep uphill running and hiking, determining things like when to run up a steep hill and when to hike it. But you may know Jackson from his race results. In 2018, he won highly competitive races such as Quad Rock, Dirty 30, and The Rut. Or maybe you've seen this long-haired, headband-wearing runner flying down a mountain with ease. On the day I ran into him, I first just got a glimpse from the side, and I thought to myself, is that Jackson? When I turned around, I was sure. He smiled at me with that gleam in his eye that is just so characteristic of him. After a short chat, I asked him if he'd be interested in taking part in a short video project. The idea for the video wasn't yet fully formed. It turned out to be an eight-minute short film on Jackson and his Devil on the Divide race. I'd like to share with you the one-minute trailer. My name is Jackson Brill. I'm a, a senior at the University of Colorado. Who I am, it definitely centers around running. It is a race, so I'd like to do well. I'd like to, you know, compete for the win. Awesome job. It's on the Continental Divide so, and, and also the Continental Divide Trail. And then it's just, it's just so beautiful. You know, you can see you know, other ridgelines and you can see the ridgeline in front of you. The quintessential you know, Colorado high country experience. If I take kind of some of these principles that, that running's kind of taught me, um, you know, and take it to, to my homework, take it to my personal, you know, friendships and uh, I, I think that just, you know, bolsters success in all those areas and ultimately that I think that leads to more happiness. Two days before the race, we met along the Boulder Creek for a pre-race interview. I wanted to get to know him, hear about his season and his take on running, that and his take on life in general. Yes, I'm this competitive runner. 
but then you know I'm also studying physiology and working in this research lab where I'm doing running related um, research and then you know I um, in terms of like what I want my career to be you know my, my job you know I, I could see that definitely being like something within the running industry uh, as well so it's like yeah I mean running is uh you know definitely definitely I'm thinking about it a lot I'm spending a lot of time either running myself or you know doing something running related with my time um so yeah I, I guess uh that's how I spend my time but uh who I am I don't it's a, just a, it's a hard question but um I like to read you know I I, I like to, to study and you know learn things uh I like to you know spend quality time with you know people I care about and uh say you know that's probably most of it I like to bike and ski too I like to scramble um just you know your your quintessential boulderite basically not special at all um like I, f I run probably about 15 hours a week um I feel like that yeah in the last year that's kind of seemed most weeks you know we're about that you know two hours a day um you know average throughout the week so I mean that's that's some time but it's not it's not all the time uh and but yeah I mean I do definitely try to focus on like getting good grades and and learning you know I mean because there's I guess with school right there's two parts of it you can you can work hard to get an A but you can also work hard to learn things so I guess you know try to do do both of those in school um but I mean but but yeah I mean I think running is probably the thing I look more forward to I'm gonna you know put the run you know at the time of day that like is most convenient for me you know whether that's running with friends or you know when the weather's nice or or um or whatnot and then like even if that means like you know maybe I'm doing homework then at a slightly more inconvenient time um just because like yeah I mean if, if I'm using running to like derive a lot of my like daily satisfaction um you know I guess yeah just try to heighten like that experience each day as best I can I kind of view my running through two big lenses and it's there's the competitive aspect and there's the experience the ambiance aspect um and and they're they're kind of separate so it's like yeah i want to race as well as i can and kick ass and you know finish feeling like i ran the fastest i could have on that day but then i also want to enjoy it and like soak up whatever experience there is to offer so um so yeah i mean i got, I got to race you know some some really incredible competition this summer but i also got to compete in these really historic um European races that um, uh, that like they just have a lot of history to them and you know so many cheering fans and that's not really something we have in the US to a, to the same extent and you know just being in the Alps for the first time and um, and then you know the Basque country for Zagama I guess uh, you know it's just an experience I've never had before and I really tried to enjoy that and just be like wow this is a really cool experience let me you know go like this you know to the crowd and stuff and you know rile them up let me really appreciate you know this this unique beauty that i'm this and this unique place i'm in that i've never been before um and try to race well and you know kind of kind of merge not merge the two of them but but maximize both of them you know um and not letting not letting the fact that like oh i think i could have ran 10 minutes faster in this race oh i think i could have placed a few places higher in, in that race not letting that um hinder the more of that like experience part of it um, and just kind of kind of yeah looking at them from two different angles and, um, and yeah maximizing that experience even if the competitive side of things isn't shaping out 100 percent the way um, like i wanted it to
I went into Zagama, which is the first race in Europe I did this summer, really confident. I, I felt fitter than I had before, um, you know, really confident in my training. And yeah, I went into Zagama thinking that I could compete for like the top five, the top 10. Um, and, and I think part of that was I didn't know where I was going to land. I didn't know if a good day was going to be top 25 or top 10 or top five or top 50 because it's just an experience I'd, I'd, I'd never really experienced that, you know, big mountain race in Europe before. So I was like, well, if I don't know where I'm going to place, I might as well set my, like, not limit myself because I set the bar too low. So yeah, I went in being like, yeah, why can't you compete with, maybe not Killian, but, you know, like someone like Stian or, um, or Remy or, you know, some of, the, some of the guys who've won it before and, you know, we're kind of competing for those other spots on the podium. And, uh, and I think I learned that I'm, this summer, I just wasn't at that level yet. I've heard several podcasts focus on disappointing running performances, and I was genuinely curious about the success stories. I wanted to know what that what it feels like. So I asked Jackson, what's it like when you knock a race out of the park? It's a it's a it's a pretty pretty cool high. Quad rock and um, dirty thirty and then the rut, I kind of place all three of those in that category where I just, you know, felt really good, was able to push hard and um and you know a bit faster than than maybe I, I anticipated and um you know and then late in the race when things are getting tough, you know, still being able to tap into this, you know, high you know, high exertion level and high speed. Um, yeah, it's, it's just really cool. And, and yeah, reaching the finish line after that, it's like, wow, that was, that was pretty fucking special. Then I ask, what about what happens when you have an amazing race, but you don't place as high as you hope to? If and when I have that experience, you know, whether it's a TNF or whether it's at, um, you know, further down the road, um, it'll just be interesting to feel how my kind of thought process and like how my emotions process that, um, and, you know, might be a good understanding of, of, you know, maybe how big a role my ego plays in things, right? Because if, if I finish fourth and, you know, it's, everything's great and, you know, I feel just as happy as, you know, maybe one of those races that I won, um, like then, then that'll mean, right, my ego's probably relatively in check. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm, you know, kind of disappointed, you know, despite knowing that I had this magical day, you know, it's like, okay, maybe I need to, uh, to temper this a little bit. One thing I've overheard about Jackson is that he's a great downhill runner, and I'm intrigued by that. I feel like I'm flying down a stretch of technical trail, then I go look on Strava and see that someone has made that very same descent minutes faster. What's it like to move that fast? Does it feel dangerous? Uh, I don't fall very often, and when I do, it's you know it usually works out fine. And um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely the potential to get hurt on technical downhills, like, you know, especially here in, in the Boulder, um, you know, SMP running down Fern Canyon or Shadow Canyon or down Green. Yeah, you, I mean, you definitely, you take a wrong turn, you could break a leg or, you know, hit your head or something. Um, so yeah, there, there definitely is the consequence associated with that. But um, I, I just, for me personally, I think the chance of that happening is pretty low. Um, and, it's, and it's just so fun, you know, the, the risk versus reward, it's a, uh, I guess it's a decision, it, you know, it's continually a decision, you know, that I, I'm willing to put up with, with the inherent risk of the activity because I just uh, really enjoy it. So it's just a high reward. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think I just did very individualized and, and different for everyone. Near the end of our interview, I asked Jackson, what's the meaning that you derive from running? I, th I think it just provides a good framework for my life. Like being diligent, 
about training and you know dotting those i's and crossing those t's whether it's you know stretching or strength training or rolling out um, or just you know getting your miles in uh mainly that i don't do much of the stretching or strength training or rolling out but uh um but yeah i, I just think like that that framework of what it takes to be a successful runner uh is similar to is like a good framework for me to also feel like i'm being a successful person so um you know if i if i take kind of some of these principles that that running's kind of taught me um you know and take it to, to my homework take it to my personal you know friendships and uh i i think that just you know bolsters success in all those areas and ultimately that i think that leads to more happiness um so i mean i yeah i, I mean i enjoy it and uh and i think it, it I think running helps me enjoy other aspects of my life. It was a well-formed answer, and it impressed me. But I pushed a little more and asked, are there any other motives or life philosophy behind all of this? I'm excited about the research I'm doing in the, in the research lab, and I, and I want to take that, you know, I want to keep, keep up with that. And, uh, um, and uh, you know, I think... I want to be like a running coach, you know, as my career down the road. So I think, you know, kind of helping other people, um, yeah, feel, feel similar about their running that they're kind of reaching close to their potential or, you know, putting themselves in position to. Um, but then I, I guess ultimately like, yeah, it's just like generally be happy. I mean, it's not, not anything super profound, but, um, just, just trying to, uh, trying to enjoy, every second or as many seconds as I can out of each day. And, and you know, that ultimately is kind of what inspires me to keep going along the paths that I'm going along. And that concludes our first interview. The next time I'd see Jackson, it would be in the dark early morning before the race, when people are just picking up their race bibs and dropping off their drop bags. After doing a small amount of filming at the race bib pickup, I struck out towards the race's high point, Determined to beat the runners to the Alpine Ridge line. There's no good way to time it as far as I know. I didn't want to carry a lot of clothing so that I could move fast and I'd have a better chance following Jackson with the camera. So as the sun rose, I sat uncontrollably shivering on a 13,000 foot ridge. But thankfully, I didn't have to wait for long. It's a bit surreal being that high up in the mountains and spying a runner on the ridge making his way towards you. As soon as I saw a runner, I took off my light jacket, threw it in my bag, and got ready to move. It's amazing at how the second I began mobilizing, the shivering stopped. Jackson was among the first runners that came through. I struggled to keep up with them, mostly due to the cord to the microphone I was carrying in my left hand. I could tell it was slapping around, and I was trying to fix that, while trying to hold the camera somewhat steady. If you watch the film on a big screen, you'll notice the film quality in the running scenes is lacking. I only had a small 360 camera to record with, which was great for not having to worry about where it was pointed, but the image quality suffers. For the next film, I'll use a better camera, and now I have more experience with the cable management with the microphone. After running a couple segments with Jackson, I made my way to the finish, and I was nervous. Even though it wasn't a primary motivator, I knew Jackson wanted the course record, and he was minutes behind. Later I found out that the race started late, and he was actually right on schedule. I received a text from Jessica, who was helping me film. She was at the last aid station, and her text read, 
He's on his way, exclamation mark, cruising, exclamation mark. She was right. I stood on the dirt road near the finish on the Empire ball fields. Jackson was charging. His form was powerful and efficient. He made that final turn into the finish. People rose up from their seats, stood along the finish line to cheer and ring their cowbells. He broke the course record by 2 minutes and 11 seconds. Several friends approached and congratulated him. He quickly asked a friend how her race was. When Jessica and I left the race, Jackson was packing up his tent, the tent he slept in the night before. He said he hadn't slept super well, but he said that's to be expected the night before a race. Later in the week, we met up again in Boulder, along the Boulder Creek, to recap. I wanted to know, after 50 kilometers of running in the mountains and running that well, what's it like coming into the finish line? You know, I've been by myself for hours. Like, I've, you know, sure, I saw a smattering of people at the last aid station and a smattering of the people at the aid station before that and was running with people, you know, early on. But it wasn't, but like, you've been by yourself for the majority of the previous, I guess, four and a half hours. Um, so, like, I wouldn't say I, like, that's not, that's not anything, like, conscious that you're thinking about then. But, like, it, it's this really sudden shift where you've been, like, really isolated, like, which is kind of necessary, I think, in all, like, you, you, like, having not really any distraction to stop you, like, you're really in tune with your body, I guess is the way I should put it, um, just because you haven't had any external, really, distractions for the last four and a half hours, your only company is yourself and, and non-humans, you know, the views and, and whatnot, um, so, so it's, like, this, it's this weird shift where all of a sudden you go from being, like, like there's not, that's not often where we're by ourselves for four and a half hours at a time. Um, especially in like today's day and age, like, I mean, I mean, you're in class or you're at work or you're with your friends or, um, whatnot. So, uh, so like coming in, it's like, you see it, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a flooding of emotion, but it's definitely like this, this shift of where all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's, there's people again. And, um, just an interesting thought. I don't know. Don't know what, what purpose explaining that has but but it's just an interesting interesting uh take on on like the dichotomy of the race and then the, most of the race and the finish um just the fact that there are people around again um but yeah i mean it was it was really cool to to be able to have you know a lot of my friends and stuff cheer me on you know as i came through you know it, it's cool to get to be able to to share that moment with with other people where it's like yeah i i, I had a good day and and uh it's it's awesome that you guys are appreciating me for it and then um like yeah it's, it's and then it's obviously great to hear about how everyone else is you know because they most of them you know ran the 22k or whatever so it's like awesome to get to hear here are they their day was and stuff so in the first interview you'll you'll notice this from the film but in the first interview we talked a little bit about running relaxed jackson had recently read an article about running relaxed and kind of brought that back into the forefront of his mind so in the recap i asked him were you able to run relaxed throughout the the race at Devil on the Divide? You know, it's 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 funny. Like it's funny that I even brought that up because it's like this article that I read was like it was like geared to high schoolers, right? And like you know, into like I said, or like you said, you know, intuitively, yeah, like you should be running relaxed. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's maybe I've maybe I got away from that a little bit um, this summer just because like, yeah, if you're in thirtieth place in the some Golden Trail Series race, like just harder to be relaxed when there's, you know, 
30 dudes or 29 dudes up there to catch. Um, so it's, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it might've just, you know, that article found me at a place where I would actually take something from it where normally, you know, it, it wouldn't have made any sort of impact, but, but yeah, I was definitely thinking about trying to be relaxed out there. And, um, like, I think that that plays into pacing, you know, the first half of the race, if you're not relaxed, you're probably going out too hard and you're going to be unable to sustain that effort for the second part of the race or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely, definitely was trying to focus on being relaxed early on, which, you know, when there are 22 gay guys out there, it's a little bit harder. Cause you know, you have to remember just because there's a guy on the horizon in front of you doesn't mean that's, that's someone who's in your race. Um, but yeah, so I was definitely focusing on, on trying to be relaxed. Um, you know, especially that first half. Um, and then the second half that climb, I was, it was, it was, I was, I was still trying to, trying to be relaxed. Um, just because it's like nine miles. So it's like by the top, it wasn't very relaxing anymore, but the lower, but I feel like I paced the climb really well where I was still able to push, you know, it was, I think it took me roughly 90 minutes, you know? Um, so it's like the, the first, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're straining a bit, you're probably going to blow up later in the climb. So definitely early on the climb, it was like, you know, you're feeling good, you know, take advantage of that. But remember, this is a 90 minute climb. Like don't, um, don't be straggling, you know, late, later in it, you know, when you're at a higher altitude and everything. So, so yeah, definitely, um, definitely trying to keep, keep that, you know, trying to be relaxed at the, you know, more of the forefront of my mind, um, going into this fall season. Then I asked Jackson, what other advice do you have for someone going into a high mountain trail race? I'm a broken record with this. Like if you talk to my friends, like it's, so much is about pacing, I think. And and maybe it gets it gets skipped on, you know, in terms of like, oh, you know, what's your advice? You know, people like to focus on nutrition and, and hydration um, and stuff. But I feel like to an extent, like, I mean, to a very large extent, to, you know, you're, you're simplifying this a lot, but to an extent, like some of that's intuitive. Like if you're hungry, you eat. If you're thirsty, you drink. But like, if you feel good, early in a race, that doesn't mean you should run harder, you know, because, because pacing's this thing where like our bodies aren't used to like having to modulate effort for like hours and hours at a time. So I feel like correct pacing is, is really this not super intuitive thing. Um, so especially when you're folk, when you have big, long, steep climbs, when you have altitude, I just feel like those are even more likely to, um, to make it harder to pace yourself because a pace that feels good lower on the mountain is going to be too fast higher on the mountain. And, and if you're if you're trying to kind of fight those elements as opposed to embracing them, um, you know, just it's gonna probably gonna negatively impact your performance. And um, and yeah, what feels like a good you know, Devil and Divide's got two big climbs. What feels like a good effort on the first climb, you know, might be unreasonable on the second climb. So it's pacing's really in these ultras, I think, is really tough just because it's it's so hard at minute one of the race to accurately be able to reflect and say, is this effort going to be sustainable three hours from now? Uh, it's, just, it's just a really hard thing to judge. Our bodies aren't used to that. Uh, so I'd say that's my one piece of advice, which I, I give even to someone running a, a 5K is, uh, yeah, just focus on pacing yourself. And um, just, it's, a hard, it's a thing that most people I feel don't do. So if you're, if you're late in a race and you're rolling up people, you know, that doesn't mean you went out too slow. That means they probably all went out too fast. The logical last question was, 
What's next for Jackson Brill? Yeah, so this fall, competitively, I'm kind of uh, focusing my season around the North Face 50 in San Francisco. Uh, so I'm doing a couple local races um, before then. I've got the, uh, the Rattlesnake Ramble. It's this four-mile race in El Dorado Canyon on Saturday. Um, it's 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 so good you know i've my you know my one of my good friends dad is the race director and you know i know a lot of the you know fellow people competing and uh i won last year so i i got to defend my title uh which it's uh, it's looking tough there's uh, there's gonna be some fast dudes out there um but yeah the, the rambles on saturday and then i'm probably gonna do the uh the sunset trail running festival uh, it's this 50k in gold hill on the switzerland trail um, might do that kind of similar to Devil on the Divide, just get a good long training run in in a beautiful place. Um, and then I think the Blue Sky Marathon in uh, October up in Fort Collins I'm going to do as well. Um, it's put on by NAR runners. They put on some great races like Quad Rock and Never Summer. Um, and then, and then yeah, TNF is in November. Uh, so that's, that's kind of from a running perspective. I mean, I guess in the other faucets of my life, you know, get through the fall semester hopefully and... Um, and yeah, just hopefully, yeah, set myself for, for good academic things on the horizon. Uh, so yeah, kind of, kind of going to just spend most of the fall juggling those two things. Jackson successfully defended his Rattlesnake Ramble title. After an aggressive fall season, he came down with a knee injury that took him out of the North Face 50. His take on that was that it gave him more time to focus on neurophysiology. And he noted on Instagram that the best time of year to not be able to run is ski season. I've seen him in a couple different lights, when he's focused mid-race, completely present in the moment and in his running. I've also seen him sitting on a curb post-run, making a small child laugh. Overall, he's a positive guy with a positive outlook on life. When you see the headband, the warm smile, and that gleam in his eye, it could be no one else. You can watch the short film, Devil on the Divide, Jackson Brill's course record run on the Trail Voices YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this first episode of Trail Voices, subscribe, rate, and review. Upcoming episodes are in the works. You won't want to miss them.